Hello and welcome to our first ever Girl Above podcast. My name is Krista Van Allen. I am the founder of Girl Above. We hope that this ends up being a resource that is very helpful to all women of all ages as we share stories and communicate authentically, but also as we just hear from professionals that can really speak to different areas of what the life of a young woman today looks like. What is she struggling with? What are some questions that she might have? We hope to dive into a lot of those topics here on this podcast. If you would like more information about Girl Above and our upcoming events, visit girlabove.com. So on today's podcast, we are welcoming a dear friend of mine and our Girl Above counselor, Virginia Hood. Virginia is originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and lived in Vancouver, British Columbia before calling Colorado home. Prior to her career in counseling, she worked cross-culturally with individuals and families in nonprofit program development. Building on this background, she decided to become a counselor because she loves the depth of possibilities that the counseling process offers and believes firmly in its ability to bring about lasting change. Virginia is extremely passionate about counseling young women in high school, college, young adulthood, and beyond, primarily because adolescence and young adulthood are critical times in a woman's growth and development, and no one should have to navigate that alone. This is largely due to Virginia's own struggles and triumphs during these seasons in her own personal life that she decided to pursue a career in counseling. And I can attest to the fact from watching her work that she is so passionate about her role as a counselor in um, these teenage girls' lives. So some more about Virginia. She is a national certified counselor. She has her MA in clinical mental health counseling and her bachelor's in child and family studies, and she has a graduate certificate in Christian studies. Needless to say, we are in great hands today, and this information is information that Virginia is really passionate about, and I'm really passionate about, and I cannot wait to dive into this content. Okay, so Virginia, can you explain to us what we're seeing in the culture today of young women, teen women, in and out of your office? What would you describe as some of the trends? Yeah, so one of the best voices that I have found that speaks to our current culture right now, and especially the culture of adolescence, is the awesome Brene Brown. Um, So a lot of the material that I'm going to be speaking on today comes directly from her, um, specifically her book, Daring Greatly. Um, So she starts that book by saying that a lot of the research and popular literature sees millennials as just really self-absorbed and grandiose. Um, Like this culture is interested in nothing but power, success, beauty, being special. Um, And so she poses the question, is this adolescent culture one of entitlement where millennials believe they're superior, but they're not actually contributing anything of value to the culture? Um, Or could there be something deeper going on here? And I love that question. Um, And she answers it in the affirmative for sure. There's something deeper going on here. So when Brene looks at narcissism through a different lens, she actually sees the shame-based fear of being ordinary. Um, I think we can all relate to that fear somewhat, um, that, that feeling of never feeling extraordinary enough to be noticed, lovable, to belong, or to cultivate a sense of purpose. I just think she nails it. Um, in terms of naming that fear within us and within our culture and all of the cultural forces that are saying um, that 
we aren't, we don't feel extraordinary enough to be noticed, lovable, or to belong. And these cultural voices are so strong. So, um, some of these, just to elaborate a little bit on, um, on these cultural messages, I think, and she says that, um, Overall, there is this assumption that an ordinary life means a meaningless life or equals a meaningless life. Um, so, so easy. It's, I mean, so often, sorry, it's easy to absorb the messaging of like reality TV, celebrity culture, social media. Um, and that message is, is kind of gets internalized, especially in young women's hearts and minds as, I'm only as good enough as the number of likes I get on Instagram. So that would be an example of, and I don't think any of us would necessarily admit that on a conscious level, that that's how we're actually operating. Um, but on some level, um, that, that has taken hold of our hearts and minds. So we experience this yearning to believe that what we're doing matters in life, but it's so easy to confuse that with the drive to be extraordinary. Um, and again, I just love how Brene puts that. Um, and it is, it's so tempting to measure our own ordinary lives against these really, really high standards that the culture have, have put, has put out there. Um, but they're just completely unattainable. They're um, these visions of perfection and they're so powerful and they leave us in the dust feeling just completely inadequate. So just to elaborate on some of those themes that I've introduced, um, it seems that adolescents today are wrestling with how to believe they are enough in a culture that says they must be extraordinary. And Brene Brown calls this, um, she kind of terms the culture a culture of scarcity. So it's a culture that tells us we are never good enough, we're never perfect enough, never thin enough, never powerful enough, successful enough, smart, certain, safe, or extraordinary enough. So um, there's actually what happens is that um, there's this dichotomy created. This is what I see really, really often um, with the young women that I work with. Um, and it seems to be cyclical. So on the one hand... Um, in order to kind of cope with these cultural messages um, and to cope, cope with this cultural sense of scarcity, um, a false self is created. So on the outside, it's really easy to swing into this place of grandiosity, um, into this false self of, or a facade of saying, I'm great, um, I'm awesome, look at me. So admiration sinking, seeking material abundance. Again, Brene talks about this a lot. Um, so it's this swing in order to cope with this, oh, I'm not good enough mentality. We swing into this place of like, oh, I have to be extraordinary. Um, yet on the inside, we're actually, young women are actually ridden with anxiety, toxic shame, self-contempt, depression, self-harm. Um, so we have these two like polar opposite places in ourselves um, that's either based on a false self or it's based on a really dark sense of inadequacy. So, um, the problem with this obviously is that neither of these solutions work. Um, so both Brene Brown argues like they both just perpetuate and accelerate the problem. Um, so in terms of how we actually, cope with this scarcity in terms of like 
coming up with a legitimate counter approach to scarcity. She argues that it's not actually about swinging into that grandiose place. So it's not actually about abundance or like more than we could ever imagine in life. Um, she argues that the solution and the counter approach to this never good enough mentality is to actually live from a place of worthiness and vulnerability, which is about really engaging the world from, from a place of like knowing your worth and of being grounded in your worth. Um, and this goes for both, um, you know, for women, um, all around, but especially for adolescents and the women who are leading adolescents into adulthood. I love how you touch on the topic of worthiness instead of shame. So for our listeners, what is some hope that we can have? What is a response? What's the gospel's response to these cultural messages? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, Scripture has so much to say about um, our worthiness and our dignity as image bearers of God. Um, And this material is so um, close to my heart and so close to the heart of God in terms of being able to fight all of the just the dark messages that young women are struggling with um, and the cultural messaging that is so hard to fight against. Um, So I think just a couple of places to start um, is in the Old Testament. So, I mean, the scriptures say so much, like I said, about worthiness um, over shame and instead of shame. And in Isaiah 61, verse 7, it says, Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. And Psalm 34, verse 5 says, those, to look, those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. So these are just introductory verses that kind of touch on, um, in really poetic and beautiful ways, um, what the heart of God is about. Um, and is, he is about fighting that sense of shame um, and bringing everlasting joy. And I think to get a little bit more theological, um, per se. Um, I think the theological and biblical basis for our worthiness is really based on our God-given dignity as his image bearers. So the Imago Dei um, says that we are all um, born and made in the image of God. And our and then also aside from that, our worthiness is also derived from our status and identity as beloved adopted sons and daughters of Christ. Um, so first John three, one says, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. So it's really amazing that we are bestowed this dignity, this status, this identity. Um, God says that we are beloved, that we are his adopted daughters. Um, and this is such a powerful truth that we can so easily lose sight of in the midst of these cultural messages. And another point theologically is that we were never meant to be enough. We were made for dependence upon our creator. So we are fallen, we are sinners, and a healthy awareness of our own sin and limitation is actually a good thing um, because we were never meant to be enough. But um, I don't think that the cultural messaging that we're seeing is really a healthy awareness of our own sin. It's actually a place where we really don't know our worth and dignity at all. It is, it's a place of self-contempt. Right. That's so good. Um, and as women, especially young women in today's culture, there's so many voices and so many conflicting messages, um, coming 
every day, every second, and how how do we actually discern what these voices are, give them a name so that we can start actually battling against them? Yeah. So to break it down a little bit further, the, the voices or messages of scarcity and shame say, I'm not extraordinary enough. Therefore I'm not worth anything. Therefore I have no worth. And then the voices of abundance and grandiosity say, yes, you are. You're amazing. Look at all the things you have. Um, you know, look at all the likes and followers you have on Instagram. So like I said, swinging into that place. And actually the gospel says, all right, no, we're not going to listen to those voices or messages of scarcity and shame, but also not the, the ones of abundance and grandiosity either. The gospel says you are made in my image. You are my beloved daughter. The gospel says you have limits. Yes, it recognizes our limits because of the fallen nature of this world and because of our sin. But our worth cannot be taken away from us. Life is not found. It also says life is not found in the extraordinary. It's not, it is found in dependence and trust in me, in service to others, and in relationship with others. So it's not found in worldly accumulation of wealth or image or the amount of likes you get on social media. Um, so I think being able to, to start even just putting some language and using some of this content in your daily life, be like, carry this around with you tomorrow. Start reflecting when you walk away from this podcast of going, okay, at what point am I allowing these cultural messages to infiltrate um, some of my core theological beliefs? And, and when do I need to push back against some of those messages? Great. So you mentioned the word vulnerability. And essentially for women, this is a lifelong process. Everything you're talking about is so deep and such high level thinking, but it is a way that with practice, we can move into those spaces. So if we're looking at moving away from self-contempt and into worthiness and vulnerability, what does that actually mean? And vulnerability gets thrown out a lot. We talk about it a lot, especially in church circles. What is it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. It's like a real kind of hot, trendy word right now, but what what the heck does it, it is, actually mean? Yes. So that's a great question. And I think, um, again, Brene speaks to this so well. I mean, her whole thing is vulnerability. I think she started the vulnerability train. Um, so her voice is so um, just key to understanding this concept. So she says that vulnerability um, looks like relationship. It involves showing up. It involves taking off the mask, letting ourselves be seen, and that is so so hard. This is like a this is this is like a one eighty from how we currently live life because we so often have the assumption that vulnerability means weakness. Um, you know that you don't need to show your true self or your true feelings to others. Um, you just need to stay closed off because and just act like you have it all together. Um, when really that's kind of what's gotten us into this predicament in the first place. Um, so true vulnerability is allowing ourselves to be seen. It's giving up on this mentality of we have to perform, perfect, and please. Um, vulnerability, she argues, takes courage and feels really, really scary. Um, so it's living from a place that recognizes our worth. And some examples of, of living from a place of vulnerability would be things like admitting we're afraid when we're afraid, asking for help when we need it, standing up for ourselves, and asking for forgiveness when we need it. So again, this is like so foreign to a lot of what we have been taught and what we've grown up with. 
Um, so vulnerability really means, um, being your true self, being authentic in relationship, even when that feels really, really scary. And, um, I think in the context of the mother daughter relationship, um, that's such a, you know, vulnerability gets, um, is such a huge topic in the, in that context as well between mother and daughter. Um, so I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think giving up that perform perfect please mentality is so important. You have to give yourself and your teen permission to fail, which again is so countercultural um, because we are performers, we are perfectors, we go to good schools and there are co- good colleges to get into and there are SATs and ACTs. Um, there are GPAs, there are all sorts of things like that that put so much pressure on our teens right now. Um, and part of this message of vulnerability is saying it's okay to fail. You don't have to have it all together. Um, you know, I think a, an emphasis on excellence is such a, such a good thing, um, but there is a shadow side to that. And the shadow side is that um, we get so concerned with um, basing our entire sense of worth on our performance and our ability to succeed that we have nothing that we have, we don't have a foundation underneath that. We don't have a self that goes, you know what? It's okay to be who I am. It's okay to fail because I learn through my mistakes. And when I succeed, I'm going to celebrate that. And that's awesome and great. Um, when I do hit my goals, but when I fall short of my goals, it's okay because that doesn't say anything about my worth. Um, So I think creating a mother-daughter relationship where it's okay to fail is really, really important. Um, So I think another point along these lines is just giving your child the gift of like actually hearing them, um, actually meeting them where they're at and and telling them that it's okay to be where where they are. Um, And we'll talk about, I think we'll talk about this content, you know, this subject a lot more in, in our next podcast. Um, cause this is such a huge topic of kind of how to communicate with your child and how to help them feel heard. Um, and then I think just the final point is that, um, as a mom developing your own resilience to shame and modeling vulnerability and worthiness yourself is so, so important. Um, so if your daughter sees that you really have a sense of worth and are so grounded in that, that you can say you can be free to fail yourself, that's going to be the best way to instill some of this in your daughter. So as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, just for moms who are listening, how can you notice if you've actually created or established a culture in your house that is very, very performance-driven rather than built on vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I think if, if the, if there are a lot of externals that you guys are focusing on, um, again, externals and extracurriculars and excellence and good grades are great goals to have. Um, but if things like how much playing time they're getting on the soccer field and, um, how, you know, how many points their GPA has gone up this semester, um, you know, kind of being really focused on those ACT and SAT scores. Again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to knock that too much because it's important to teach and instill in kids 
um, just a sense of working hard for goals. But it, but that that perspective really needs to be balanced. So if you feel like your family is really focused on externals and re- is really focused on image, um, I think that can be a some good signs to you of going. Hey, I wonder, I wonder if some of this stuff is going on with my daughter and I don't really know about it. So to what extent being curious about kind of an observational about, um, kind of her sense of worth, maybe even having a conversation about, um, where our worth comes from, um, and making sure that she has a place in her life, a place and people in her life that love her for just who she is, not how well she can perform. I think that's really important. Good. Good. Thank you for that. Yes. Virginia, thank you so much. Everything you've said today is so, it's just powerful and it's true. And if we can put in the work, I think this could change all of our lives. Do you have any final words you would like to say? Any last bits of information? Um, not so much other than just acknowledging the fact that I've kind of thrown a lot of content out there in a pretty short amount of time in this podcast. (laughs) Um, So, and I think also, you know, change is hard. Change feels scary. Moving into this place might feel really, really foreign to some people out here um, or listening. Um, And I think that point about modeling health ourselves is is really huge. And our next podcast, we're going to talk a lot more about that um, and why that's important, especially if you're a mom out there. kind of being able to seek health first um, so that then your daughter can can thrive as well. So that's what we'll be talking about next time. And yeah, I'll let Krista speak to what you can do to get more involved in Girl Above, which is such an awesome organization. Great. Thank you so much. And thanks for talking with us today and just for all the hard work that you do with adolescent girls. I wish I would have had you as a counselor when I was younger. <laughs> so thank you for your time today. And we look forward to seeing you next month. Thanks. All right, everyone, there you have it. That was Virginia Hood sharing some great information with us. This content truly does take practice. It takes a long time. There are a lot of wonderful books written about this, and this is just so foundational to the core beliefs of how Girl Above wants to approach all women, but specifically adolescent girls, and just instilling this concept of vulnerability and worthiness and wholeness into them. So if you would like to connect more with Virginia, you can feel free to visit virginiahoodcounseling.com. And for more information, more insight about Girl Above, visit girlabove.com, or you can find us on Instagram at girlabove. Also, if you're the mom of a teenage girl and you would like to join our monthly mom gathering events, please send me an email at krista at girlabove.com and I will add you to our email invite list or you can find those event details on Facebook on the Girl Above page. We look forward to connecting with you on social media and also just on this podcast. So join us next time, subscribe to this podcast, and just be ready to hear from amazing young women and professionals. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.